learning about the good things that happen to us when we become people of gratitude. This message is the fourth in the series, Think Thanks. The message is entitled, What Happens When You Give Thanks, Part One. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Welcome this weekend to Church of the Redeemer. So glad that you're here. If you're with us for the very first time online this weekend, we are so very glad that you've joined us and hope that you are being blessed. You'll be blessed by today's message as well. And for those of you who are regulars, welcome back. It's great to be together. Although we're online, we're still church together, studying God's Word, worshiping. What a great time of worship we've had. We want to get ready for the, for the study of God's Word. Before we do, let's have a word of prayer together. Father, today we come before you in the name of your Son, Jesus, asking that you prepare our hearts to receive your Word today. We know that you have something to say to each one of us that will help us to grow, that will help us to be uh, the people you've called us to be. So, Lord, speak. We pray today and let us hear what you want us to hear. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, go ahead and grab your Bibles. Also, there on your online platform, you'll find uh, access to our notes as well as we're involved in this series of messages, messages entitled, Think Thanks. And I want to talk this weekend and Lord willing next weekend about the topic of what happens when you give thanks. That's the idea. What happens when you give thanks. Now, as a part of this series, we've been talking about the two major dimensions of your life, your mind and your mouth. Your mind and your mouth really do control every aspect of your life. It's sort of, as we've talked about in the past, the rudder, the guidelines, the track for your life. It starts with how you think, your mind. In Proverbs 4.23, the scripture says, be careful, notice that, be careful what you think, that's what's inside your mind, because your thoughts run your life. Your thoughts are like the software that are directing how your life will operate. And then also your mouth is so important, your mind and your mouth go together. Proverbs 13, verse 13, or verse 3, I should say, says, guard your words and you'll guard your life. But if you don't control your tongue, it will ruin everything. How true that is. So many things in life are ruined by the lack of controlling our words, not saying the right thing or saying the wrong thing at the wrong time or gossip and all kinds of things that we speak to one another and harshness and things that come out of our mouth that set the course of our life. Negativity, unbelief, all these things affect us adversely. That's why David prayed this prayer in Psalm 19, verse 14, a prayer that we would do well to pray every day. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. David says, God, would you help me with the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart so they would be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And part of what we're looking at together is the role of thanksgiving, the role of praise and worship and how we think and how we speak. Thinking thoughts of gratitude, thinking thoughts of praise, thinking thoughts of worship, thinking thoughts of, of, of appreciation, and speaking words of thanksgiving and praise as well, and those bringing together the course of our life as the Bible calls us to live. And the Bible teaches us that many wonderful blessings come to us when we learn to be people of thanksgiving, when we learn to be people of praise. As I said, we're going to talk this weekend and next weekend about some of the things that will happen positively in your life. The last two weekends, we've talked about the negative aspects of failing to be a praiser, failing to be a person of gratitude. But now these two weeks, we're going to talk about the positive things that happen in your life when you learn to practice gratitude. And the first thing that I want to talk about this weekend, so vital to us, is that gratitude is something that actually enlarges you. It enlarges your life. 
God created you in such a way that you are actually at your best when you're grateful. You're at your worst when you're not grateful, but you're at your best when you're grateful. When you and I live in an attitude of gratitude and we create an atmosphere of gratitude around us, here's what I want you to see. That actually attracts blessings into your life. It's the spiritual law of reciprocity. The spiritual law of reciprocity is fairly simple. It's sowing the right seed results in reaping the right harvest. And when you sow seeds of gratitude, you're going to result in a, it's going to result in a, in a flow of good things back into your life. And giving thanks is a part of the principle of giving or sowing. So we talk about thanksgiving or giving thanks. And so you can't separate the idea of thanksgiving from giving. It's a part of what you're called to give. And when you give, there's an enlargement that happens in your life. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Listen to what he said about giving. Give, and it will be given to you. Now, what kind of giving is he talking about? Is he talking about only financially? No, he's certainly talking about that. But he's talking about any time that you and I step up and give the right kind of seed. We sow the right kind of seed. We give the right kind of thing. We're sowing seed with our life. Give, and that can include thanksgiving. Give, and it will be given to you. There's an open flow of blessing back into your life. And then he says this, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And so Jesus emphasizes this idea of giving. It includes thanksgiving as well. We read it last week. I'll bring you back to it again this week. A very powerful verse in Acts 20, verse 35, as Paul is speaking to the leaders of the church at Ephesus. He says, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, the world operates on the opposite principle. The world thinks it's more blessed to receive than it is to give. Jesus said, no, 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 no. It's actually more blessed to give than it is to receive. There's an upside down, if you will, concept in the kingdom that what the world says is one way. Jesus says, no, it's not, not really that way. The, the kingdom of God operates in the giving resulting in the blessing, not the receiving resulting in the blessing. So giving thanks is something that enlarges your life. It makes your life bigger. The psalmist understood this in a very significant way. I'm going to take you to Psalm chapter 50, verse 23, and I want you to notice what he said about this, this idea of thanksgiving enlarging your life. Those who sacrifice thank offerings, let's stop there for a moment, those, the people who make the choice to sacrifice, that's continually offer, sacrifice, thank offerings, honor me, so obviously they honor God, and, and to the blameless I will show my salvation. So he says there's this connection of thanksgiving with promise. What is the promise? He says, those who offer thanksgiving, I will show my salvation. He's saying that Gratitude actually opens the way for God's salvation in your life. Let me say that again. Gratitude opens the way for God's salvation in your life. Again, it enlarges your life. Now, what does he mean by this? Is he talking about somehow that if you're grateful that that earns you eternal life? Absolutely not. We don't, we don't earn eternal life by anything, including giving thanks. He's not talking about eternal salvation here. 
He's talking about the salvation, the kind of salvation that we need every day from God. I need to be eternally saved. That is, when I die, I want to go to heaven and know that I'm saved from my sins and have eternal life. But I need to be saved every day, saved from myself, saved from all kinds of things that come my way. I need God's salvation more than just eternally. I need his salvation daily in my life. You read the Psalms. You see the psalmist talking about this prayer for salvation and deliverance on a, day, on a daily basis in his life. Now, the Hebrew word for salvation here is very interesting. It's a word that means to be made open or wide or free, to be brought into a place of liberation or safety. It was used to describe oftentimes moving a person from a cramped space into maybe a distressed place, into an enlarged, expansive, safe place. The idea is when you're when you're in need of salvation, you're in this tight, small, cramped place and in a distressed place and, and salvation comes and it brings you out into an enlarged, expansive, safe place. And so the Bible says that thanksgiving, he who offers thanksgiving to God, to him I will show my salvation. So there's this link to thanking God and experiencing salvation, enlargement in your life. See, thanksgiving enlarges your life. It enlarges your thinking. It enlarges your attitudes. It enlarges your approach to living, your approach to giving. Grateful people become bigger people bigger hearts and freer hearts, and they step out of smallness into largeness. They become magnanimous people. Many people, unfortunately, live a very small-minded life. They live a limited kind of life because they spend their life in grumbling and complaining, and so it shrinks them instead of enlarging, enlarging them, and Thanksgiving will enlarge your life. Number two, the second thing is that gratitude opens up access in your life. Access is a wonderful blessing. It really is. When you have access to the right people and the right places and the right resources, you're in a better position to be effective and fruitful in life. Access is wonderful. And the greatest access you and I can ever have is access to God, obviously. Because when you have access to God, to his presence, to his power, to his resources, you have access to anything and everything that you will ever need or want. There's not a single thing that you will ever need in your life. There's not a single thing that you could ever want that is in the right kind of wants and desires in your life that God cannot supply for you. And so the Bible teaches us that thanksgiving, gratitude gives us access to God. Now, how do we gain access to God? Well, again, we're not talking about eternal salvation here. We're talking about a, another aspect of access because the way you get access to God is by a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. You can't come into a relationship with God without Jesus. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so the way we have access to God is by putting our faith in Jesus. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, now that we have God's approval by faith, we have peace with God because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done. Through Christ, we can approach God, that's access, and stand in his favor so we brag because of our confidence that we will receive glory from God. And so access... Listen closely. I'll lay out a very important principle for you here. Access to God is first and foremost found by your relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't access God without having a relationship with Jesus. He is your way to God. So it's one thing to have access to God, but it's another thing to take advantage of the access. Let me say that again. I can have access to all kinds of, of things, but I may not access them. I may not take advantage of the access. And there are a lot of Christians who have access to God, 
through their relationship with Jesus, but they're not, they're not utilizing that access. Something can be available, but not made accessible to you by your choices. And so I'm talking today about how you actually on a day-to-day basis enjoy access with God. How do you experience his resources, his presence, his power in your life? And the Bible teaches us that the way you practically, one of the ways you practically access God's presence and power in your life through your relationship with Jesus is by becoming a person of gratitude and a person of thanks. Are you getting this today? So vital, so important. So Thanksgiving opens access. Listen to this verse. So powerful. It lays it out for us. Psalm 100, verse number four. Enter his gates. That is access. Would you agree with me? That's access. Enter his gates. How? With thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And so the way that you and I practically every day that when I will, as I have a relationship with Jesus, when I begin my day by, by throwing my arms up and saying, God, I worship you and I thank you for the blessings in my life. And I praise you for all that you are. I magnify your glory and your honor and all that you've done for me. And I begin to recount the good things of God in my life. It is drawing me into the very presence of God. And I'm able to access his resources. I love the way the message paraphrase gives us Psalm 100 verse four, enter with the password thank you. You know, if you're going to get into your accounts, you have to have a password. If you're going to have access to an account, you have to have a password. Have access with God. Enter with the password. Thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank him. Worship him. So enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Gratitude and thanksgiving and expressing appreciation to God opens access to all he is and all that he can do for you. It's the way that you enter into God's presence. Grateful people, listen, grateful people gain access to things that ungrateful people never access in their life. I'll say that again. Grateful people gain access to things that other people will never gain access to in their life. It's true in your relationship with God. It's true in your relationship with people. Here's the third thing I want to talk about today is that gratitude sets in motion miracles. Miracles are set in motion by gratitude. Thanksgiving is far more than just a, a practice. Thanksgiving, praise and thanksgiving truly is a spiritual weapon against the adversary. When you and I give thanks to God, it moves heaven and it assaults hell. That when you and I verbalize, when we think thoughts of praise and worship and we speak words of praise and worship to God and thanksgiving to him, what we're doing is we're, we're giving access, we're gaining access to heaven as we just talked about. We're also assaulting the forces of hell. This principle is seen in many places in the Bible. It's illustrated by one of the key things that God spoke to his people as they were about to enter the promised land and begin to fight the Canaanites. Let's look at Judges chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 and note the principle that's described here. After Joshua's death, the Israelites asked the Lord, who will go first to fight the Canaanites for us? So the question is, we've got to go in and take the land. These Canaanites are there. And who do we send in first? What tribe goes of the 12 tribes? Who's the first one to go in? And the Lord answered in verse number two, Judah's troops will go first. I'm about to hand the Canaanites over to you. You get this? God's, uh, at, God has asked the question, who should we send in first? Because we're about to attack these enemies and 
we've got a battle here and we've got to make sure we've got the right people on the front lines. Who goes first? And God says, you know, the, 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 the tribe that I want to go first is Judah. I want Judah to go first. Now, why did God choose Judah to go first? There are lots of different reasons that we could talk about in Scripture. But I believe that perhaps one of the major reasons has to do with Judah's name. The name Judah is a very significant name. It's actually, it comes from the Hebrew word Yadah. The Hebrew word Yadah literally means to extend the arms or the hands in an expression of thanksgiving and praise to God. When you say, I'm going to Yadah, it means I'm going to lift my hands and give thanks to God. And so in essence, when God was sending Judah in first, he was symbolically saying, if you want to win the battles, if you want to, 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 to conquer the enemy, you need to lead the way with praise and thanksgiving. Get your hands up in worship. Let your mind and mouth be alive with gratitude. So he says, send Yadah, send Judah first. Everything else flows from the, from the spearhead of praise. Everything flows from the spearhead of thanksgiving. If you want to attack the, the forces of the enemy against your life, the dark forces of the adversary against your life, send Judah First, let praise be the thing that paves the way to victory. So thanksgiving sets miracles in motion. There are lots of, a lot of additional examples that we look, look for in Scripture. Let me give you a few other examples of these. Uh, they'll be there in your notes, but I'll walk you through them very quickly here. First of all, thanksgiving and praise delivers us from evil attacks. We just talked about that. Another example of this is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 22 through 24. The little tribe of Judah was being attacked by three large armies, and Jehoshaphat found himself in a very dire situation. What was he going to do to win this battle and protect this little nation of Judah? And God very clearly said, here's what you do. You send the praisers out first. And so here, the praisers of God went out first. Judah, if you will, went first. Praise went first. And notice what happens in verse 22 of Second Chronicles chapter 20. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. Those were the enemies who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. How did they win this battle? They won the battle with thanksgiving and praise. In fact, they were told to go out and sing a little song against the enemy, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And that won the battle. They sent Judah first. Second of all, it miraculously, thanksgiving and praise miraculously multiplies resources in your life. See, we're talking about how it paves ways for miracles. When you and I give thanks to God for what we have, there's a, a multiplication effect that happens to the very little that we have. A little can become a lot when you have an attitude of, of thanksgiving and praise. One day, Jesus was with a whole group of people, actually 5,000 men, plus the women and children who had gathered with him. He'd been teaching them all day, and now he wanted to feed them. And so he asked his disciples to find some food. And so the disciples go through the crowd, and they find a little boy with five loaves and two fish. And of course, they didn't know what to do. They realized this was not going to be enough to feed everybody with this small amount of groceries. But they, but they went ahead and brought the resource to Jesus. And I want you to notice what Jesus did when this little boy had given his five loaves and two fish. It's just a little bit, but what did Jesus do with it? Notice John 6, verse 11. Jesus then took the loaves. Notice the next two words. He gave what? He gave thanks. 
He's got a little bit, but he's giving thanks for the little bit. And then he distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And of course, we know the story. Everybody ate. Everybody was satisfied. And there were baskets full left over for the disciples. Everybody had enough. Why? Because it was approached. The little was approached with an attitude of gratitude. Jesus took a little bit and it miraculously multiplied into a lot because the attitude and the expression of gratitude was there. The third thing that happens, these miracle dimensions that happen in life when you and I learn to thank God and praise God as we are going through circumstances that it brings resurrection power to dead situations. I would imagine that some of you that are watching today, you have some dead situations in your life and you're wondering, will there ever be life there again? Let me tell you that praise and thanksgiving can bring resurrection to dead situations. Worshiping God in the midst of whatever you're going through, thanking him, even when it seems like you don't have a whole lot to thank him for, when you begin to operate in the realm of thanksgiving and praising God, what happens is life begins to flow into that dead situation. It's a story that happened in John chapter 11. Jesus goes to the tomb of his friend Lazarus and death is all around. Not only does death all around, but decay is all around. Here he's been in the tomb. Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. And so he's already decaying. His body is falling apart by reason of this decay. And so Jesus approaches this, 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 this tomb of Lazarus and everything says death. Everything says there's no hope here. This guy is gone. There's no way to think that anything could be any different. Death is reigning here. But Jesus steps in and notice what happens. I want you to see the interjection of thanksgiving into a dead situation. John 11, verse 40. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? He's speaking to Martha and Mary there, the sisters of Lazarus. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, notice this. What was the very first thing that Jesus said when the stone was rolled away from Lazarus's tomb? Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He offers up thanksgiving to God in the midst of a dead situation. Everything is dead. Everything is decaying. But from the words and the mouth of Jesus and the heart of Jesus and the mind of Jesus comes an expression of thanksgiving. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I'm so grateful that Jesus stepped into death and thanked God and his power was able to be released and Lazarus came back from the grave, proving, in fact, Jesus' declaration, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And then thanksgiving and praise releases bound people. In life, sometimes you can feel bound up by different things. You can feel limited by different things. Bondages come in different ways. Sometimes the bondages are to habits and patterns in our life. Sometimes the bondages are to circumstances we find ourselves in. We're tied up. Uh, we often use the phrase, I'm between a rock and a hard place. What does that mean? It means you're bound by circumstances. And praise and thanksgiving is, is the right thing to do when you're bound by whatever you might be bound by in life. Paul and Silas found themselves in a very difficult situation. They were in a city called Philippi. They'd been beaten and thrown into the inner dungeon of a jail for preaching the gospel and delivering a young lady from a demon. And so now they're in a very adverse circumstance. And notice what happens here in Acts chapter 16, verses 25 and 26, when they would have been tempted to complain and grumble about what has happened to them. 
They chose a different route. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. So they're praying and they're praising. They were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. There was this moment because Paul and Silas chose to praise God and give thanks in the midst of a very adverse binding situation. Not only were they freed from their bondages, from their slaves, from their, from their chains, but everyone else was freed as well. And then the fifth thing that I'll mention here is this. When you and I give thanksgiving and praise to God, we, it actually brings wholeness to people. It'll bring wholeness to your life. Maybe you remember the story of the 10 lepers who came to Jesus one day and they asked Jesus to heal them. Jesus graciously spoke healing over their life, told them to go back to the priest and so the priest could proclaim them as being healed from their leprosy. They could be invited back into the communion of the community, the fellowship of the community there, no longer unclean. And so all these 10 lepers head back toward the priest to find their statement of cleansing. But one of these 10 says, you know, before I go to the priest, I need to go back and I forgot something that I should have done. I should have said thank you to Jesus. I didn't really express my gratitude to him in the way that I should have. And the other nine stayed on their journey, but one, only one out of, the, out of the 10 came back and notice what happens. Verse 15, Luke chapter 17. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice, glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him, notice that, giving him, what's the word there? Giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that, that return to give, there are not found that return to give glory to God, say the stranger. And he said to him, to the one that was there, arise, please don't miss this, arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Reading from the King James Version there, thy faith has made thee whole. Here's what I want you to see. What I want you to see is because this one man came back, all 10 were healed, but one was made whole. See, there's a really big difference in being healed and being made whole. You can have a sickness in one part of your body and it can be healed, but you can still be diseased in other areas of your body. But here's this man, he received more than a healing. He found wholeness in his life. And I believe there are a lot of people that are going through life that maybe are getting some healings here and there from Jesus in certain parts of their life, but they haven't entered into the wholeness of what Jesus wants to do in them because they haven't learned to practice this very important principle of thinking and thanking, speaking words of thanksgiving and praise to God. This man, this one out of 10, not only was healed, but he was made whole because he chose to be a person of gratitude. What, is, what does gratitude do for us? Gratitude makes you bigger. It enlarges your life. See, when you give thanks, Jesus says, give, and it will be given to you. It will show you salvation. It will open up larger dimensions of your life. You will stay small as long as, you be, as long as you're a complainer or a grumbler. But when you begin to give praise, it enlarges your life. It opens up access to God. You and I have access to our relationship with Jesus. But just because you have access doesn't mean that you use it. And so the way you utilize that access is by thanking and praising God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So when you and I are thanking God, we're actually accessing the resources of God in our life, the presence of God in our life. And that when we give thanks, it also sets miracles in motion. They're all kind of miracles. 
that God will do in your life, not because you're doing the work of gratitude, it's because you have the attitude of gratitude in your life and you're expressing it to God. It opens the way for God to do wonderful things in and through you. Would you join me as we pray together? Father, we're grateful today for your word. We're thankful that you're reminding us of all the beautiful, wonderful things that happen when, when we begin to give thanks to you. Thank you, Lord, that as we give thanks to you, it makes us bigger people. Lord, we don't want to live our lives in smallness. We want to be magnanimous, increased, enlarged people. We thank you that when we give praise, it opens up access to you, the access that you've already purchased for us in our salvation. But Lord, when we worship you, it allows us to engage that access. And Lord, it allows us to enter your gates and to experience your courts. Lord, thank you that when we worship and praise and give thanksgiving to you, that it also sets miracles in motion in our lives. I pray that each one of us would learn something from today. But Lord, not just learn it in our heads. Let it be a part of our hearts. Let it become a part of our practice. And help us to be people of gratitude for that. We thank you in Jesus' name. Now, there's some of you that are watching today that you've never started a personal relationship with Jesus. And I want to talk to you just for a moment. So, so don't tune out right now. Everybody stay with me for the next few moments. It's such an important time right now. And God has allowed you to tune in today because if you've never invited Jesus into your life, this is your day. God brought you here in this moment because he wants to enter into your life. He wants you to know his son, to have the forgiveness of your sins, and to know that your name is in the book of life for eternity. You say, well, pastor, how do I have a relationship with God? I read it earlier. Jesus is the way to that relationship with God, believing that he died on the cross for your sins, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That believing in him is not just some mental assent Somehow just, I believe that Jesus existed. No, it's a personal faith in Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you took my place on the cross of Calvary and you paid the price for my sins and you rose from the grave to prove that you were the son of God. And I'm accepting that gift of salvation that you're offering me. In Revelation 3, verse 20, Jesus said, Behold, look, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in have a relationship with him and him with me. And Jesus comes and he knocks on the door of your heart. He says, I want to come into your life. And you have to make the choice as to whether you will allow him in. Can I encourage you today, if you've never opened your heart to Jesus, that today is your day, that you're going to reach the knob on your heart, that inner door of your heart. You're going to open it wide and say, Jesus, come into my life today. And the way you'll do that is by praying with me right now. You can whisper this prayer. You can speak it aloud, whatever you would like to do. But the most important thing is that you need to be sincere. If you're sincere in opening that door, Jesus will come into your life. Start by just simply declaring the name Jesus. Speak his name, Jesus. That's the way you're reaching out to grab that, that knob, that door handle to open the door. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm so sorry for all the things I've done wrong. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I do believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe that you rose from the grave. I believe you're alive, Jesus. Now pray this simple prayer. Again, you're opening your heart to Jesus right now. Lord, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I turn my heart over to you today. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for each person that just prayed that prayer. I thank you for hearing them. 
And I pray now that they will grow in you and discover the joy of living for you every day into eternity. May the grace and peace of Jesus rest upon their lives, we ask in your name. Amen and amen. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray. And you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God. And I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus... I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.